everybody. Welcome back to Anything Goes. Uh, this episode we're going to talk about is Putin really winning the war? Um, is he going to launch a nuke? Is he going to launch hey, a like, nuke? Are we in the end of the world? Are we like, at the end times? Yes. Stick Possibly. around. Possibly. Yes. So, that is the question. Is Putin going to finally do it? Because when I read every kind of news article I've been watching, all the... Um, the uh, maps I've been seeing, you know, uh, Ukraine's driving them back pretty far, make some serious headway on this, and I'm like, man, now they get into like the the kind of prized possessions of Russia that they took, right? And I'm very interested to see what Putin's going to do because it's been looking really bad for him. The whole world's kind of stacked against him. You have Iran now suddenly kind of jumping on his ship, but yeah, you know, I don't, I wouldn't put Iran as like a um, a world superpower. Well, you have China too. Yeah, but China's kind of not really like they're not doing well. They're right? not they're not really doing a whole lot. I think China's kind of waiting to see if if we like get overly involved and they might try to invade Taiwan. So I think they're kind of holding back. And then you know, but Putin now because he's about to lose um what's that a key, uh, Kiev 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 yeah. Kiev that region that's just very crucial to them to have. I, I really am kind of curious because he's he's facing an international embarrassment right now. Right, and this is a point that. Um, over the past couple episodes, you've made quite strongly that Ukraine has uh, surpassed your expectations. Oh, very and much they, so, yeah. they've been able to yeah. push back Russia in a way that you didn't anticipate. Um, yeah. And just here recently, I've been like, man, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if it's going to end up in, being in a, in, a, in a place where Ukraine is, is actually going to end up winning. Now, this is my opinion. I don't think, and we were just talking about this before we started recording, I don't know if Russia will actually acquiesce to a national embarrassment that way, especially considering Russia has a nuclear arsenal. Obviously, Ukraine doesn't. And if if Russia gets backed into a corner where they have to basically be like, hey, guys, sorry, this was a national embarrassment, I don't see them walking away from that without launching nuclear weapons mm-hmm. on Ukraine and uh, basically having to deal with the fallout of what happens. And whether that sparks World War Three, whether that draws, you know, the United States directly into a conflict and China directly into a conflict, I mean, obviously that remains to be seen. But um, yeah, I, I, I think that's a definitely uh, a real possibility. I could see them launching like maybe one of their smaller nukes. More so, kind of just to show the world that like, I will do this. Like, I actually am willing to. Because right now, like, for most people, I'll say we, we all call his bluff. Like, man, he ain't going to do it. He don't have the, the cahoots to push that little button and see and send one. And I kind of could see him maybe, like I said, taking the small nuke. One that's not going to have, like, a massive uh, fallout. You know, something that's kind of... Not a Nagasaki. Yeah, not, he's not going to drop like a hundred like megaton new, but if he drops something small enough that's going to kind of maybe decimate to Ukraine, kind of this attitude of, you know, if I can't have it, nobody can have it. Right. And just show the world that, hey, I will launch nukes if you guys keep pushing me. And if he kind of goes down that, that rabbit trail, then there's this um, kind of kind of show of force, I guess, in a way that will at least put the world on edge because I don't know of anyone who really wants World War Three. You know, like oh no, you know we look at the devastation of World War Two. World War Three is going to be probably two hundred million plus, easy. Oh, fuck. and that's that's without nukes, easily. Yeah, you know, that's without easily. nukes. So now we add nukes to this, we could potentially look at the either complete collapse of the world, or at least 
ca- um, casualties in the billions. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Especially as you see, like, um, like we talked about a little bit earlier, like China, Iran, uh, Russia, they all seem to be, like, coalescing around a conglomerate. Um, that's scary. Uh, considering, like, what kind of superpowers that we're actually dealing with. I mean, even, like, okay, so Russia's ruble is at an all-time high in mm-hmm. terms of value. Um, the war didn't really have what America predicted that the effect that it would have upon the ruble, whereas China's economy is in the toilet. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, sure. it is on a precipitous downfall, and that kind of cornering of people tends to make them a lot more desperate sure and then we see like there's a whole bunch of stuff right right now happening with uh especially women in iran mm-hmm. i don't know if oh you, yeah yeah if you saw yeah, much of that. that like with with a yeah. wearing the hijab and so there was a recently a a woman who was detained by the police yep. for not wearing her hijab and then uh they said, oh, she fell down a bunch yeah, of stairs. Yeah, they, they beat her to death. Yeah, they beat her to death. Yeah. Like, she died. Yeah. And they were like, oh, no, she was fine. And then they beat the crap out of her. Yeah. And now she's dead. So there's, like, there's this heightened tension yeah. which is all amazing, across the world. Which is amazing in that regard because it's now also threatening the um, religious hierarchy that uh, Iran has. Because think of it this way. Before, um, the the basically their version of the Poe, I forget what the actual name for him is, but the um, religious leader of Iran kind of controls everything, and now he's got you know men and women. It's not just you know rioting over this. Kind of basically saying we're tired of this. We don't want we don't want this war. We want whatever. I think whatever they had before that. Right. They want a little say back in their government. They want the freedoms or whatever. And so now the whole regime of Iran is being threatened. It's kind of like a review. Remember that um, in the seventies they had that what they call that the. Um, that spring, what they called it, like yeah, red, yeah, green and, spring or something, whatever. In, in the seventies, they actually had a lot more of a free democracy-like uh, right until until they yeah. they became Shia law, and right, right. now because now it's like almost like they they're wanting to go back to that. And the, I'll be honest, um, the Iranian regime is fighting pretty hard to hold on to that. Yeah, you know, like they're like the way they're detaining and treating their own citizens makes me really nervous. Thinking about you know this could be a this could be America potentially. If, for example, we were, um, like, still in that COVID situation. Like, let's say we never let up on COVID. This could have very easily became, became America, even worse than what we saw in 2020. Oh, yeah, I don't see that as a far-off possibility, quite frankly. Um, no. I don't know if you – there was an article within the past week about how uh, – it was actually – was it the Boston Institute, Boston University, some, Boston Hospital, something like that. They um, – combined different covid strains to create oh, really? a covid strain that is with an 80 percent mortality rate nice yeah nice. so you know like yeah, sure why not let's make it why not why let's not? just yeah. let's just do the thing yeah, i well, guess what's, what's the worst that could happen yeah we could just release it that's you know those diseases never leak out of labs you know we don't they're just they're perfectly yeah. contained never an incident it's not like this. It's in America this time, so it's not going to be an oopsie in China and the whole world gets COVID. Oh so. yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, it'll we, be fine. America we, has a perfect track record. Right? Absolutely, we, we never do never anything do anything wrong. For the yeah. wrong we, America is perfect in our morality when it comes to diseases, but especially <laughs> like just in terms of those kinds of situations, 
we have a bad track record of using situations like that to try to assert control over different populations. And I think I, I see that as a fallen nature of humanity in general. Yeah. Um, there's an old democratic saying, I'll say democratic, but I actually heard it was from the Clintons, but whatever. It's never let a bad opportunity go to waste. Yeah. So never let a catastrophic situation, like if you can gain control or you can gain an upper hand, you never let it go to waste. Oh, you sure, just you sure. take you take advantage of it. And in essence, that seems to be like the uh, the the go to for most people in general, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see this as any different. You know, we're in a heightened state right now. We're literally on the verge of nuclear war. We're on the verge of one of the most, could be the most catastrophic wars to have ever taken place on the face of the planet just by the nature of how many different people have nuclear arms and how willing they are to use them. I mean, Russia, even if even if they're not in a position to, let's say, win the ground war, they're in a position to be desperate enough to use the nuclear arms that they have to send a message mm-hmm. that they're not to be trifled with. And even if that's the, the death rows of this war or of this conflict, mm-hmm. like that's something to be I mean, taken into consideration. Like it, it is a huge risk. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, just a couple of nuclear bombs dropped on Ukraine. Even, I don't know if you remember this, there was a couple of years ago that uh, Putin released a like an infomercial kind of thing mm-hmm. where he he showed a video of their intercontinental ballistic missile right. um, uh, capabilities, and it showed that they were like, "Oh, hey, we can basically send this missile over to Florida, and there's no problem, and it can it can like touch down." Mm-hmm. They even used Florida. In their advertisement, they were like, "Oh, you'll never be able to catch this thing, and it'll explode, and it'll it'll uh, explode on your mainland." Like, he's they Russia are not in a position to just lay down and let everything happen. Oh, like, man. let them be beat, especially not by yeah, Zelensky, not by Ukraine, yes, not right. with NATO on their borders. You also know it's funny. Really, at the start of the stream, before you do the other way. <laughs> Wait, are we recording? We were on the podcast, on the podcast, not on the YouTube. Oh, okay. That's funny. Well, hey, Anyways, buddy. <laughs> Welcome. Figure this thing out. Anyway, so back to the the whole nuclear thing. Um, you know, I, I was kind of wondering this. Do you think there's anyone who just has this like kind of uh, you know, I just want to see him do it. Let's see, let's see, let's see what happens. You know, it's kind of like. Push the button, Putin. Like one of those, like let's just end the world. I like, think you would be surprised. I think I think it's more people than you. It, they, they won't admit it yeah. because to admit something like that, I was like, oh my gosh, he's a monster. But it's like let, let's be real, man. I think there's more people. like, eh, push the button. Yeah, let's see what happens. Like call his bluff. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah. you know in a Batman when um, Alfred is telling Batman that story about how you know some men just want to see the world burn. Yeah, you know, like that. Yeah, people yeah. like let's be real. That's that's very accurate. There are people out there just kind of like yeah. Push the button. I would almost say happens. most people now, like uh, most people, mm-hmm. have, like we again, we were talking about yeah. this before we started to air this. It's like it almost feels like most people have been primed to be like, oh, zombie apocalypse, oh, like end of the world. 
oh, survival type situations. Like, I'm down for that. Let's let's give it a go. Let's see what we can do. Uh, and it's just so strange to me because most people have no concept of the 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 tower of toothpicks that they actually exist upon. Oh, absolutely! Like the 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 sewage, the electricity, the construction, like everything the that they actually work, are living their comfortable lives on. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you know, this is just life. Like, no, you actually you're living in a miracle. You're living oh, in yeah. a yeah. a bona fide miracle of your times. You're lucky to be living within the time that you are because, hell, even a hundred years ago you wouldn't even be anything close to the level of comfort that you are now. Well, let's be real, too. Most people nowadays don't know how to farm or hunt, either. Oh, God. So, like, let's, let's be honest. If, if I, we took away modern civilization, you had to suddenly backtrack 200 years. You know, and I say, hey, you got to go out and hunt, hunt and trap for food. You got to learn how to farm, do anything like that. Most people don't know how to do that. Like, I, I'm kind of very fortunate. In fact, my father-in-law is a farmer, so I can just run to his house. Like, hey, show me how to do this efficiently. Right. You know, so really, at that point, we'd have to go back to how it used to be with communities would form, and people would have to suddenly, it's not just me and my family, and that's it. Now we got to pull our entire community together and say, hey, we all need to work together to make this work. Otherwise, it's, otherwise we're all, we're all going to starve. Right. And that's the thing, too. We would, ha- we would have to go back to a point where you're not eating three meals a day. Like, that's actually a pretty, I think, modern kind of concept. Oh, like, absolutely. If we go 200 years ago, I don't, at least everything I've read, it, it was... You might eat, eat once or twice a day. People might go a couple of days out eating. That wasn't like uncommon. Whereas now, if like we, if people someone skips a meal here in America, it's like everyone freaks like, oh my gosh, dude, I've only eaten once today, and it's now dinner time, and it's just like, dude, in other parts of the world, that is still common. Most yeah. like even the port size here in America is unbelievably large compared more to common, other more, parts of the world. More common to actually like eat a meal every like two and a half to three days. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. And that's why we can see why, you know, they were five too. And people like to kind of, I, I just recently looked at this thing. It's pretty cool. Remember how people, so like, you know, that we think as we kind of evolve over time, people have just gotten naturally taller like this. They've actually kind of, that, that wasn't the case. They have a chart I want a show from like, it was like ten twenty nine or whatever. The so I think this was around like the uh, Northern European kind of, or the European uh, people. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like average height was like five eight five nine, oh, which wow. is the average height today. And what they noticed is it then became like a, this thing because food became more scarce. Oh, right. So as they went through cycles where let's say things were good and they had a lot of food, people became much taller. As you know, they went through hard times and people had to eat less food, they became naturally shorter. So in reality. The height people are starting to reach you now is because everyone is actually well fed as kids and they're able to actually grow into right. the heights that you know maybe we should be at all. So in reality, the kind of the kind of data from that chart, and I don't remember uh, what the name of that chart was, we've actually not gotten taller as a society. We probably always have been about the same height. It's just hmm. people have more nutrition nu- nutrients now; they can actually reach right. the full heights. They have, they have more accessibility towards yeah. like nutrition and protein and all that. What sure, so sure. they can grow to be right. So if you were five two and thirteen hundred, you know, in reality, you might have the genetics become five ten, five eight, something right. like that. But because of lack of food, and I think I think that's probably pretty common. We go back and look at really poor areas of the world. People think, oh, you know, these people are just they're shorter. I'm like, well. No, actually, you put them in America, they might become the same height we are. It's just, you know, right, lack, right, of, lack, right. of, lack of food, lack of being malnourished as children, they tend to become shorter. So we're at such a point 
in society where like food has become such an accessible thing. Mm-hmm. Nutrition has become such an accessible thing. And we're on the brink of a, let's call it a cataclysmic collision. Sure. Um, as far as like countries vying for power. And we're really at the, the, uh, uh, the fulcrum of the, the meeting of these uh, power dynamics where my question would be, it really feels like you're at the precipice. Like society is like what we've advanced so so far, and now we're at the precipice of a war, and a war that could potentially end, be the end of all wars, be the end of all countries and society in general. If like nuclear bombs are really to take off, as sure. we fear that they could be. One of my questions is: Okay, so um, have things have have people always felt this way about wars? in general um so for instance like i'm sure at at every generation you have the precipice of technology something that is like new and developed and people are like oh my god it's so powerful like we could we could be at the the end of everything that we know so are we at that place or are we truly at a place where we could say oh my god this is this could truly be the end of the planet and society as we know it. Do, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know because you. You know, you heard that one uh, conspiracy theory once where it said, um, "I'm playing with this mic, so I'm just curious about stuff." Uh, but yeah, it was like we were um, like society's collapsed before, oh, yeah, and then yeah. we've kind of like rose from the ashes and then collapsed again. Like you reach a certain kind of, I believe that, like a certain like pinnacle of society, and then it just collapses again. Like yeah. we only get so far, type thing. I'm not one. I'm not 100. You know, sure. I even agree with that. Um, I just. Well, I don't think we have like a lot of evidence to back it up. But it's an interesting way of thinking about it because it's like, you know, are we at a point where we're about you know getting almost too smart for our own good? Yeah. And we're going to collapse as a society, or is this kind of just like we're kind of like we've had a start point position? It's just been getting let's say better. For example, like not better, but we became more advanced as time has continuously gone on. Now we're just hitting like maybe an end point. Like this is about to be the collapse of the world in general. And judgment day comes after that, or kind of, I don't know what you think about that. No, I think, um, I honestly actually kind of agree that I think that society has generally like goes into cycles. Sure. Um, I think that's where the, like, the mythology of, like, Atlantis comes from. Or, you know, obviously Rome entered the same kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Where it seems to be, especially, like, you see in our society now, like, um, this confusion about, like, gender ideology or sexual orientations. I mean, you can see that in, like, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. Where it seems to be a cycle that humans go through when they don't have these existential thoughts of like uh survivable survivability mm-hmm. where they're like oh i you know i'm not thinking about my next meal it's almost like they create problems that exist out of nothing and then they're like oh hey let's let's make these into issues and sure, then it's sure. a tumultuous uh almost a, a division like system that that divides humanity and then you just pit each other against each it, it, itself yeah so I don't know. It seems to be like a cycle that humans go through. Mm-hmm. 
where we reach a pinnacle of technology, we reach a pinnacle of ideology and political affluence where you're just like, it, it folds in on itself. Yeah. And I don't know, um, ne- you know, I used to think that it was just like a, um, maybe a default of, of human thinking. Mm-hmm. But now as I get older, I really do think that it's a, a removal of the cornerstone of religious thinking. Yeah, I think that there has to be a cornerstone mm-hmm. of something that is greater and more beyond yourself that you relate to morally and intellectually. So you, you, you can't think that you are the all knowing, all powerful, like uh, idea on uh, knowledge and morality. There has to be something beyond you mm-hmm. that keeps you aspiring to something greater. Because if you think that you are the, 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 you replace that religious affluence with something that is like, uh, uh mortal, let's say, okay. well then your moral and your knowledge, uh, limits are very, well, are very limited. Sure. Then you, you, that's the end. And then anything that you say can be moral or are righteous. Well, it could be anything that you say it is. Right. And then it becomes uh, by nature corrupt. So I think that, and I think that's one of the reasons that it's the uh, spiritual scripts, especially the Bible have existed throughout a long space of time because there's something that is inherently human within them that within the human experience, within a righteous morality that keeps people on, for lack of a better terminology, the straight and narrow path, sure. keeps them within a boundary where they exist most optimally, if that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah, I think it's, um, I, I generally, um, I, 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 okay, so I wouldn't want to confuse like um, the collapse of society with like the collapse of the human race type thing. Like what some people kind of insinuate with us rising from the ashes. Like, yeah, when society collapses, we tend to lose a lot of information, a lot of knowledge. Like take Rome, for example, once Rome collapsed, they started the dark ages and people like to uh, cause that with, Oh, this is what happened last time. Religion was in charge, which wasn't true at all. Cause the Romans were very religious people themselves too. The issue is, when Rome collapsed and all the libraries were burned, people were killed, slaughtered. Within a couple of generations, they people didn't have teachers. Now no one knows how to read or write anymore. Now we're back to like square one with kind of trying to reteach ourselves how to um, you know, live basic lives. Because these people are so focused now more on survival than they are about you know poetry and stuff like that. Or sure. all the wisdom right. literature that, that we see. And we see a lot of times like the, the wisdom literature when when uh civilizations at like the peaks like for example if we look at um the book of proverbs in the bible you know that was a lot of those were written by solomon it was written by others but like solomon's accredited to a lot of them well solomon was at like the golden age of israel back at that time like like you know this was after king david they were at peace his whole reign they were like the most wealthy nation um all around well uh, solomon was like the wisest person there uh, in the whole area so everything about them he was at the golden age of israel so yeah he had all this time to write this wisdom literature and to write this uh write some songs something like that that we still read today and get great value from we'll be able to sit there and think and put that kind of time and effort into finding out like, okay what is wise what is the way to go How, is this 
is it um what should i look for in a wife like this is the stuff that we get from like the book of proverbs and that's the stuff that we find in our poets who kept you know a lot of time before even reading history they're telling poetry telling stories this is when we have time to do that stuff but if i'm so busy trying to figure out you know what what am i going to eat next how am i going to you know find clothes i'm not really thinking about this stuff right. so my thoughts are totally different so because so the rest of that kind of dies out to history whereas if society's at its peak we can pass on information i think that's been a major issue when we look at the fall of societies is they have to go back to survival mode and then they have to build themselves back up to where they can once again think about you know wisdom and literature and debate philosophy and then pass that on to um, the next generation it almost makes me think that it's almost a necessary existence to have to be in a, in a space of suffering for you to actually enjoy i wouldn't even say enjoy but to appreciate the human existence because once it comes to a place of affluence where things are in excess it's almost like you become so bothered by the trivial aspects of humanity where it's, it doesn't even doesn't even matter and then we just begin a a gradual slow degradation of what actually makes us human like i mean everybody knows like you you meet somebody that's spoiled or has like a, an excess of material goods and you're like oh this person does is not a real human doesn't understand what it's like to have to suffer doesn't understand empathy towards another person who doesn't have as much as they do and you can feel that off of them and it, it almost seems like we need a certain aspect of suffering mm -hmm. and hardship to actually appreciate what it means to be like we what I don't know what what is it what does that mean like well, we haven't reached a stage of evolution where we're able to appreciate life beyond the suffering that we uh experience or i mean how does that work like that, that doesn't make any sense know. to me because um, if we're ever doing if we're ever to get to a place where like let's say you know that everybody has enough to eat let's say that everybody if if money is still a thing and we still have to use money to pay for goods and services and that kind of thing everybody's got enough money uh everybody's got enough to eat everybody has enough entertainment where do we go from there what does well, that that's mean when we start um debating what gender is and yeah, exactly my point. That's when you, like you that. almost start creating yeah, You, you find something to give you meaning in life. Like, look, if you're someone, for example, who reject anything spiritual, right? So you don't believe in God, you don't believe in a higher power, you don't believe in any of that stuff. If you don't have any struggle or anything to fight for in your life, then your life essentially feels meaningless. If I just go to work and I play video games, or I go to work and I try to do it, if I don't have anything to, uh, like, Focal, focus my my energy into, then people tend to feel like their life's kind of meaningless. And so therefore, I was thinking why we have so many people who become activists for, I don't mean to be rude, but sometimes kind of stupid things because they got to have something to direct their attention to, to feel like I'm making a difference, you know, in this world. So, like, I mean, I'm not, you know, I won't, I won't say that, <laughs> but, um, but that's why I think some people tend to do that stuff because, yeah, again, they want me. I want value. I want to know when I die, I did something. My life had a meaning to it. There's a value to it. 
And they try to find everything. They try to find fulfillment in things that can't possibly give them fulfillment because there's a hole in every single person's heart that can only be filled by one person. And that's Jesus Christ, guys. Oh. <laughs> hey, hey. in full circle. Gotta get that. But no, there's a whole, there's, there's value. That's why I think everyone should read the Bible. Even if you're an atheist, if you read it from a historical and a wisdom standpoint, like the book of Proverbs, you can read that and find value in that for just your general day-to-day life, even if you don't want to believe in Christ, right? So you got to find value in something in your life. And I think in, again, People can just say, well, you just find value in your relationship with the Lord. I say, yes, and I have faith that that's going to produce something eternal. Now, if you don't want to believe that, you want to find your own thing, fine. But, um, we're going with this. No, uh, well, well, there was one thing (laughs) that I was going to say earlier. Um, (laughs) They say, you know, find value in your relationship with God and... Uh, basically, once we reach a certain level of comfort, that um, it becomes a very—I uh, uh, don't know how to say—introcentric, like a self-centric kind of philosophy, where people, where they start looking for problems within themselves, which Ooh, comes up with like the gender, the sexual orientation, like mm-hmm. all this stuff. So they they're like, oh, we don't have to worry about food, we don't have to worry about shelter. We don't have to worry about X, Y, and Z. Now we're going to worry about like the orientation of our bodies and See, like our know, our personal identity and you know things like really that. Funny about that, when you said, I thought of something. I think a lot of people it's actually easier to try to change society than to look inside and change something about myself. Oh, absolutely. Because the for me, self evaluation or not for me in general, self evaluation is very difficult because I have to admit. I'm flawed. I'm not perfect. There's something in me that needs work and needs uh, perfected. Whereas it's much easier for me to say, you know, I'm not the problem. Society's the problem. Therefore, let me go and change something about society rather than change something about me. So it's like, I want to change society to make it a better place for me. And a lot of these situations, I do believe um, people are trying, not that there's not injustice in society. Yes, oh, there are absolutely. definitely things we can do to be better as a society and stuff like that. But for some people, it's just, if I can point out everything's wrong with whatever, pick, pick, pick anything. We have a lot of options nowadays. You know, some, if you just agree with whatever I want to have or agree with how I identify about something, no matter how ridiculous it may or may not sound, then the world will be a better place. When in reality, no, you're going, tr- you're trying to fill something within myself that really is an imperfection in my own heart that I don't want to address. But in reality, by addressing that's when you're really going to find true freedom. Because now society doesn't, it doesn't matter what society is doing because I, I have an internal peace that's only going to come through self-evaluation and reflection um, with God. Yeah. 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 And, I think, and, and to that point, I think a lot of people try to blame societies like for instance humans are not perfect in any uh in any scope of the imagination and like i i oftentimes not to take this into like an economical place but i oftentimes hear people talk about how like oh capitalism did this and did this and did this it's like do you know where we where we were before capitalism was a thing we were 
in a horrible place. Monarchies. Like, yeah, monarchies, monarchies. and and bartering yeah. and all this. Like, the queen. Like one of the greatest institutions to not to say that there are not problems with capitalism because there obviously sure. there can be there's crony capitalism there's lobbyism there's people who like take invested interest into certain companies and don't let them fail as political movements and whatnot like there's obviously problems like gmc but yeah gmc, GMC like the, lobbyism is a huge problem with capitalism but that is a, a like almost a political arm of capitalism. It's it's what's called crony capitalism because it's not true free market capitalism. But again, I don't know economically where this, this situation arose, but it just irritates the crap out of me every time I hear somebody be like, "Oh well, capitalism." It's like, yeah. do you know where you would be without capitalism? You would you wouldn't have even a fraction of the things that you now hold for granted without capitalism or they say we that we need to try socialism because that because you're saying so socialism on paper looks great oh it looks great in practicality yeah. horrible yeah like anyone who's even remotely read a history book and knows about the 20th century in uh eastern europe would know that it's like uh no it's it's terrible you know like how many millions of people died yeah. from socialism over 100 and their response would be yeah. oh um well it wasn't tried right we would do it the proper way or we would try it this they way say that every and, time and here's what it, it amazes me the the level of arrogance that a person like that would say that would hold because that's going to say well what first off do you believe that the human heart's different between us versus them like here we have a utopia, but they failed because they weren't as morally righteous as we are. Like, you don't think if I give complete and utter power to a small group of people, that won't corrupt them Think about completely? this. You know? Think like, about this. An imperfect socialism has killed over 100 million people in the oh, course of human wait, history. Wait imperfect, imperfect capitalism has lifted the poverty level by over 20% uh, within a, a decade year over year uh than any other than any other economic right. policy so it's like what do you what would you rather have yeah great it looks great on paper but also humans aren't numbers humans aren't pieces of paper that you can just write out this is what's going to happen and this is what's humans are by nature corrupt and when you consolidate that level of power at a uh, at a single point in a human government it's just, it's just not going to work. Sure. There's no way that it's going to work. Sure. And it, that's been shown time over time over time with Joseph Stalin, with Mao Zedong, with with all of these uh, socialistic dictators. And it's shown to lead to abject and abhorrent human suffering. Whereas, again, not making the argument that capitalism is perfect, but even in an imperfect capitalistic society people thrive people survive people make money and make livings that wouldn't be even possible under socialism so i don't even understand how there's a there's a conversation there but again it goes back to basically young people wanting not, to have not wanting to read a history book it, it, not wanting to read a history book wanting to have this utopic society that weirdly enough they feel like they've stumbled upon they're yeah. like, oh my God, have you heard we of this? Did, we discovered it. Have you heard of socialism? Like, yeah, it's actually been tried a couple yeah. times. And uh, we're not uh, interested. In a couple different countries. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, and, and I don't know. I look at communism like in China, for example. And I guess from, I guess when I look at that, even then, I'm like, you know, I don't, 
I don't think um, they're doing as well off as they like to let everyone believe. No, no, yeah. their economic system is crumbling. I, oh. I'm, I'm not gonna sneeze on you. I promise. Oh God, are you? Yeah. Do you have to sneeze? Oh, all right. Hey everybody, I'm yeah, gonna. You oh, Jesus, I'll be right back. It's clicking and it's like, hey, hey. Well, I didn't expect this to be a thing, but now this is the, this is the solo Aaron show. Welcome to uh, the thing with we got horses behind us i've tried to get derek to change these uh these banners but he seems it is such a, kind of a nostalgic thing so anyway um give me your thoughts in the comments and um let's let's talk about this because quite frankly i don't think and i may be wrong but i don't think that uh russia is on its way out i really don't i think that if anything that they're biding their time they're waiting for Zelensky to come to the negotiation table. Um, I think the UK and the US have uh, adamantly tried to dissuade Ukraine from going to um, the negotiation table just simply because they don't care about Ukraine. They, they quite frankly don't care what happens to the Ukrainian people because they want NATO to be on the border of Russia and they don't care if an entire country is sacrificed to that purpose. Um, I don't think that Putin um, is in a place where he really cares what's going to happen. Uh, again, to the Ukraine, like he care. I think he cares about the Ukrainian people. I think he cares about them more than we do. Like I can't remember the last time I heard a story where I was like, "Oh yeah," like I don't care. I, I simply don't, especially considering that the Ukrainian people have basically been uh, taken over by a neo-Nazi Azov battalion. Oh, hey. <laughs> oh, hey, Derek. Well, Welcome. Time, all that time in the Marine Corps came and gave me something. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, sitting up this uh, close to the camera, yeah, I almost feel like uh, we're, I almost feel like we're... Man, we should get some kind of, like, boom, so I can actually, like, hey, oh, ladies. God, <laughs> <laughs> no, we should do something so we can hold it up here. Yeah, you get that one. Yeah, hold it down like this. Yeah. Like, hey. Uh, hey, welcome. Uh, What'd you go? What'd you go do? Oh, I wanted to get. Did go. you I just, sneeze? I did. I, did. I didn't want to like do it like over here, like on you, and I was just like, you know, yeah, let me sneeze. just. Then you had to get out of the bathroom, didn't you? I did. Yeah. yeah, you did. I was like, you know what? While I'm already getting out of his way, let me just take care of business. Well, I kind of circled back, and I was okay. talking about uh, Putin and the Azov. Azov, Azov battalions in Ukraine, basically the far right Nazi uh, overtake oh, sure, sure, yeah. of Ukraine back in yeah. like 2000 something, 2000, yeah, 2014. That's what it was. I wanted to say 2008. I don't know why. Yeah, 2014 but, is the first when they uh, took the uh, was it Crimea. Yeah, Crimea? they took Crimea, Crimea and oh, then they overthrew the government and instituted mm -hmm. uh, basically a far right Nazi regime in in Ukraine. Oh yeah, and. I was just saying, basically, like, I don't think, again, just to take it back to where we were, we kind of started this conversation, I really don't think that uh, Putin is going to acquiesce. I don't think that he's going to back down. I think at the very least, no. at the very most, yeah. really, I, I think that his final death throes for the whole thing will be, uh, well, let's just fire off a couple of nukes and see how they respond to that. Because... Yeah. 
there have been multiple attempts to get the Ukraine to uh, a negotiation table where they mm-hmm. come down and they say, hey, we just want this part. We want to annex this portion of Ukraine. We want to make sure that NATO doesn't come this close to us. And quite frankly, the UK and the US have been adamant against that. They say, no, not a, not a single inch. We're not going to do this and we're going to stay in war. So yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's kind of funny because I remember listening to uh, actually of all things, it was Tristan Tate who, uh, who said this because he said he was, they were actually kind of on, on the boards and they said the Ukrainians yeah, yeah, the Ukrainians yeah. coming across Romania were actually mad at the United States saying like we instigated this because we kept pushing, pushing, pushing. Right. Finally, who just thought, you know what, I got to do something. And I was like, you know, that's a really, that's a really interesting take. We sit there and we think about it like, okay, if we, for example, kept taking, um, whatever, uh, pushing NATO close, close to his border, you know, did he finally just decide, you know, I want to, but I'm going to invade because we have, uh, we have like in America has like kind of pushed it on him. But then better question, why would he invade, um, Ukraine though? So to me, I'm kind of like, well, he's already shown previously that he wanted, he wanted to rebuild the Soviet Union. He wanted to take back parts of, um, the Ukraine, which he did, which was Crimea. Right. So I don't know if I 100%, I'm not saying that the Ukrainians aren't wrong in like their belief of that. But I was saying on the flip side, I do think Putin has always had ambitions to want to restore the former Soviet Union. Right, right. And uh, I just think it's kind of failing massively Dude. for him. I think See, that's where we part ways. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that he's losing. I think in the ground war, he may be losing, but I don't think, I think, quite honestly, I think he's been uh, restrained. Hey, kitty. I think he's been restrained in quite a bit of what he's been doing because I don't think he's, I think he's engaged with Ukraine as much as he's felt is necessary, but not as much as he's, as he's capable of doing. Right. Because Russia is a huge country. Russia has a huge military. Now, again, you get scattered reports of whether or not that they're capable of a ground war or, you know, they're, they're, their ground troops are dissipating or whatever. But that's not where all their military prowess lies. A huge portion of it is, quite frankly, they have a huge arsenal of nuclear weapons. Right. Which they can unleash at any moment. And if they did that, if they did that one move, that we already true. know. Yeah. World War Three would begin. Oh, absolutely! Like without yeah. a question. I think Biden's already said that if he launches a nuke, we, we would NATO would invade um, Putin. It would try to. Yeah, I think they would yeah. succeed. We took all of NATO. I think they would succeed. Well, again, not to if mention if we're mention. talking about NATO against Russia, yes. sure, but not if we're talking about an alliance between Russia, China, Iran, North Korea, like all these countries mm-hmm. that have a similar. Um, Outlook and ideology. I still actually believe in. Uh, you think in, that it would it would be I, that easy as of a? Switch? I didn't say easy. I think we'd win though. I oh, think, I think it'd be an incredibly bloody fight. Don't get me wrong. I would hope that we would win. I um, think this. I think I, think I, I believe be I believe South Korea could uh, take North Korea. I think South Korea could. Um, I think you remember. I would take Australia, India. It, this, I think India is the key factor. If India goes on our side, say on NATO side. I think um, Australia, Japan, and India could take care of China. 
Um, however, yeah. India's kind of stayed somewhat neutral because they they're kind of uh, close with um, uh, Russia. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they right. get a lot of stuff from Russia, have a, so a, a big trade uh, union. Yeah. yeah, so they've been kind of kind of somewhat neutral. So it would be very interesting what they would do because I think if India sided with China and Russia, now we'd have actually I think a major problem. That'd be much much more difficult uh, fight on our hands. Well, I'm not gonna lie, uh, the way that Australia acted during the entire uh, pandemic, I'm yeah. not entirely sure that they would end up on our side either. I don't know. No, I'm I'm not. Sure, it would depend on how the uh, prime is it a prime minister? Or I don't know, man. I don't, yeah, well, I don't I pay don't, too much attention to Australia. Pay, you know what? Yes. Whatever happens outside of the United States, it's like whatever. I know that the UK is looking for a prime minister right now because it yeah, seems like they can't find one, one that will actually stay and be their prime minister. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. In terms of looking at politics outside of like world politics, whatever. I'm far more focused on what's happening like inside the church in other countries, like how are they being treated, than I am like, what is the the political climate in Australia? Because I'm like that doesn't affect me. However, as 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 a believer, as a Christian, um, how other Christians are treated does affect me because we are all part of one body. So to me, that is actually far more important. Um, like for example, Which, another, by the way, they're treated way better in America than they are anywhere else. Um, eh. where, where would they be treated better as, as believers, um, as Christians? Yeah. You know what? That's probably fair. I mean, you probably have, you you probably have America and you probably have the UK. I didn't treat all right in Russia, actually. Well, actually, I was actually, about Russia, that was Russia, like the third yeah, option. Because, that because, I was like, you know what? Bro, Russia's there's, there's, probably yeah, there's no Russia's good. They got Orthodox but, over there. But there's quite a few countries where yeah, like Putin says he's Christian. He says that he's Christian. I don't know. It's, I don't know if he is or not. Hey, but he says he is. So okay. Well, oh, that remains to be seen. You know, one thing oh, that I've always had a Romania, question about Romania. Romania, when I, I heard Romania is like 99% Christian or something. Oh, really? Very heavy. Oh, wow. that's, just, that's just something I heard. I, I, need to, I haven't looked too much into that, but Romania might be a better one. You know, I've always wondered about is like, they say that the victors write the history books. Yep. And then one, one thing that I, I think has become more and more evident, especially within like the last 10 years of understanding how the media works and how they can twist the narrative to make basically the mass populace mm-hmm. behind an idea really, really, really makes me wonder about how much of the history that we've been taught mm-hmm. is true. How yeah. much of it is actually accurate. And I think it's accurate in terms of the events that happen. Like these two sides went to war, they fought, this was the winner. Um, in terms of necessarily always saying, did it ha- did they go to war because of like, like, let's take the old story of, um, Greece versus, uh, uh, Troy, you know, the story was, uh, Troy kidnapped like the Greek princess or whatever. And she, and they went to war for that reason. Um, then there's another account saying she left freely and she like was running away from her husband. And then, so in reality, I don't really know, um, which one would be true. It's like. In the end, it's like, that's not really what I'm studying in history anyways. It's just these two nations went to war. Who won? What was the outcome? How did the battle battle play out? Like, I'm sure if you go talk to Persia and Greece and you talk about, like, Marathon, you know, Greece Greece is going to tell a story as as why Persia invaded and Persia might tell a different story. 
the, the, the end part, the end part about history is not why they invaded. It's just this is what happened. They fought. The outcome was this. There you go. You Greek won. Yeah, Greece won the Battle of Marathon. Greece won that. That was the whole. Um, uh, what was that? The horse. The Tro- no, that was the Troy story. Trojan horse. Oh, was that? Yeah, that was, uh, that, was that was the Troy account. See, I need to do more uh, reading up on that. Yeah, no, the Battle of Maryland was just poor because that guy uh, wanted to run back from the battlefield to tell the citizens of Athens who uh, who won the fight, and it was 26.2 miles back to um, the city. Okay. And he got back there and yelled that we were victory and dropped dead, and that's why a marathon is 26.2 miles. Cause, hey, yeah, why, yeah. Do they run, why do they used to run naked, though? I don't know. They, well, Greek, Greece used to like worship the human body, so they used to say, uh, at least from what I read, it, they would run naked so that uh, barren women would run out and touch the genitals of the Olympians mm-hmm. to, in, in the hopes of becoming fertile and barren children. That's interesting. Yeah, isn't huh, it? Like, weird. Yeah, I was I was thinking just because at least based off the sculptures, these dudes were unbelievably shredded and jacked and just impressed to look at. So maybe they were just like this is like the show for everyone by oh, And they used look to at think this dude. Like, they used to think that the bigger the male member, the dumber the brain. So really? that's why, like, yeah. So that's why, like, yeah, really uh, David and, yeah. and like did, there were different sculptures where they had really small uh, huh. male genitalia, interesting, because it was to denote the fact that they were so wise. That that's where most of their like energy went to was thinking rather than huh, uh, really? producing a large male member. So they would, would they would often depict their enemies actually as, and looking like ogre esque yeah. with large. Uh, oh, so it's kind of they were dumb. Yeah, to, yeah, that's to, interesting. To show yeah. that they were stupid. So if you're a guy with a small uh, feel, yeah, good. Just use that say that's because I am very wise and intelligent. <laughs> It's more about the uh, motion yeah. of the ocean <laughs> than the size of the boat. Oh, man. Oh. What's a couple other things that have happened recently? Well, we talked about the end of the world. Like, oh, that was a thing. I have a cat, by the way. Yeah, say hi, kitty. Yeah, hi, kitty. Hi there, kitty. Hi, kitty cat. That's one of them. That's one of them. Oh, she is. she's not happy. Oh, no, there she goes. So yeah, that's a that's an interesting yeah. topic. Is uh, like okay, for instance, there I'm sure there have been many, 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 many times in human history that people have said, "Oh, well, this is the end oh, of the world. Yeah, quite a bit. This is the end of human civilization." So, well, is that, um, let me that, let me ask you first there's off. There's a song about that. Remember, it's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. Yeah, there's a whole song about that. So let me ask you first off. Do you believe we are in the end times as is? End times, absolutely. I believe we are. Um, in terms of, like, is this, like, the end? Um, I don't... First of all, nobody knows. I don't know. Um, I would say this. This is interesting because, you know, you got that whole um, Bible account in Matthew uh, 24 where you thought, you know, before the end of times, there'll be wars and rumors of wars, right. disease, pestilence, yada, yada, yada. And people will be like... Oh, we've had wars, rumors of wars for thousands of years now. Sure, happened, right. Which but is my first thought. Oh, mine too. But this is what I find interesting when we start talking about this: is we've never seen the whole world come under kind of one one mind, one movement, one uh, group, collective effort type thing. And in terms of politics and um, 
ideologies, ideologies and stuff yeah. like that. So this is the first time I've seen the whole world come together. Like we've had pockets where this happened, but now we've had two world wars. There's a threatening of a third one. We have the whole mo- the whole world's coming behind one ideology, especially with like uh, gender, for example, or um, sexual orientation stuff like that. Where it's like it's no longer been just here and there. It's now everywhere. So I find that to be kind of kind of interesting for the fact that I've never seen that and 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 this this is very important too is Israel's now a nation again because before you know talk like you look like through the book of Revelation basically until Israel was a nation there's really no threat to the end of the world but now Israel's a nation again so now it's like you have the risk of the third temple um, you have and the recognition of Jerusalem being the capital of Israel. Right, and that's by major. Yeah, that's uh, true. Major, it, that's, major, that uh, is true, and so past. now, I'm, and we were, I think, at least from as far as it was made known to us, they're pretty close to getting peace in the Middle East under um, uh, Putin's, uh, not Putin, uh, Trump's son. Um, right, uh, what's his face? Jared Kushner. Kushner, yeah, yeah it's, under Kushner, uh, son-in-law, married to Ivanka. Right. Yeah, yeah, and it, so it was just I thought kind of interesting the fact that they were that close. It makes me kind of sit there and think, you know, all it takes is, um, you know, next time they, they, they shoot for that. I, yeah, I, I watched that very closely because I was like, you know, if they succeed, I was going to be kind of looking out for it, maybe. Right. And that's a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, that fulfills quite a bit of prophecies within a quite a few different mm-hmm. religions, to be and fair. And this, too. This is kind of interesting. I've been hearing talks now, too, in Jerusalem, like, you know, uh, Dome of the Rock is, like, very... Um, uh, for Muslims, it's like a, it's where uh, Muhammad rose to heaven. So it's mm-hmm. so it's considered like a very sacred site. I think it's the third most sacred site in Islam. What and Jerusalem? That, no, uh, the Dome of the Rock. Oh yeah, yeah. But that's also where the Jews say the old temple was built. So that's why they have their major conflict there. Right. There's also kind of talk now where they're 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 kind of saying that the Jews like are in the wrong spot. So the talks like because if you look through, uh, I think it's in the Chron- Book of Chronicles, First and Second Chronicles, you know, it talks about the temples in uh, the old city, the city of David. Whereas the city of David would be considered farther south, and they're kind of talking, they believe that was actually the, the western wall. Um, they're saying it might be the uh, the wall of a fort, that the Roman fort that was built, because it's built up on a hill, it'd be a really easily defensible position. So they're kind of almost insinuating that, which makes an interesting conversation. If, for example, the um, leading rabbis, for example, in Israel say, you know what, we found it, it is actually farther south, now we no longer have this site conflict between the Jews and the Muslims, which would actually probably allow them to have actually peace because the majority of their conflict comes around like the Dome of the Rock and Jerusalem. Right, because right. it's so, like a dual holy site. Yeah, it's a dual holy site. So now if we can separate those two, if those two become separated and the Jews say actually our site's here and then they can keep their spot, now you'll probably find peace in the Middle East and that's where I think now you're really going to be needing to get right with the Lord. Yeah, that would be an interesting That situation. would be quite... Quite interesting, I think. Man, we live in some weird times. Yeah. Some really it's weird. Fun. It's times. a fun time to be alive. You know, we're it is. Um, it's very strange times to be alive because even with like like what you were saying earlier about how like we've never had a situation where like almost every country is on the precipice of mm-hmm. this conflict. Well, we've never had a situation where communication has been so freely exchanged. So it's almost like instant 
instantaneously, everyone's aware of everything that's going on, at least as much as they can be. Sure, yeah. And you're constantly being updated. Like, quite frankly, if I don't get an update on major current affairs that are happening, I'm like, okay, I I go looking for it because I'm like, something had to have happened. Like, these things keep moving. So it is a very strange time to yeah. exist to be like yeah. it, it, we're almost constantly on the verge of something huge happening and it it's just weird it it never seems to stop um, yeah i think i think it's pretty cool um it's a fun I do too. And it's interesting too i believe everyone who if you're alive today i do believe it was um intentional like it was an accident you were made for this time yeah so you were made for the time you're alive so it's like you know we sometimes sit there it's like Man, I wish I was born, you know, in the 1600s, or I wish I was born in the first century, or 1000 BC for some odd reason, or whatever. And people would sometimes that do would that stuff. Suck. Life has been harder. Yeah, you know, we wouldn't have an issue with being fat in our nation. Yeah, be like, yeah, yeah. that's for real. Yeah, and that's kind of just an interesting thing too. It's like with the take the world hunger thing. It used to be you never had fat people unless you were extremely wealthy because everyone was malnourished. Now we have the problem of be like, well, this is weight loss stuff because we're overfed now. Yeah. It's kind of a really interesting thing to think about. That was a like, weird thing back in the day is like uh, overweight women were seen to be uh, more attractive because yeah. they had the wealth that was attributed to being able to be overweight. Sure. Versus then we went into a period where it was like, oh, you're super, super skinny. Mm-hmm. That was attractive. And now it almost seems like you're swinging back where the Lizzo's of the world are like... I think what, I think some, I think sometimes what people find attractive is what's hard to obtain. So, for example, like a very physically fit body is hard to obtain, therefore it's attractive. Sorry, it's like therefore it's it's attractive. Whereas being very fat, for example, now is easy to obtain, therefore it's un, unappealing. But back in the old it's days, also unhealthy. It's unhealthy. That's a big thing too. Yeah. But let's go like back in the Middle Ages, for example. Not only was being fat a sign of wealth, it was also hard to obtain. So therefore, because it's hard to obtain, people found it attractive. Like, I, cause I think we just have a draw to something that is not easily obtained to those who obtain them. And I think right. that's why, for example, like we like Olympians so much. Is Yes, they had a lot of natural gifting, maybe, but they worked incredibly hard. Like, I listened to Michael Phelps talk about uh, what he went through to become the eight-time um, Olympian or the gold right. medalist now won Olympics. I think it was 2008. I think is what it was. And listening to that, it, it was like torturous what he went through. He had to eat like 10,000 calories a day. And I guess he say like now he like hates eating because, you know, he had, he, every time he woke up from now, they had, they had to force feed him basically. Yeah. It's crazy is I actually heard that. And I can't remember, obviously I'm not a historian, but I can't remember what Olympian, but he is, the second most awarded Olympian in all of history mm-hmm. because he's won so many awards, but I can't remember the the one who won the most. I can't remember that, but uh-huh. again, it's just that's incredibly interesting to me. Yeah, well, that's why the Greeks loved the uh, the, Olymp- the that's why if you're a, a winner of an Olympic event or the Olympics back in like ancient Greece. They basically like ate for free for like a year because everyone's like honoring what they what they achieved, and ah the life, right? Yeah, you know, basically you win the Olympics, you're set for a year, you know. And 
I mean, I don't know how often they did, but yeah, you compete. It's also kind of weird because you compete naked in the Olympics at their start. Yep. And that was. Yep. And that's why the women would go out and try to touch the, to touch the them, male yeah. member and uh, increase yeah, I, the. I don't, I, don't, I don't. Yeah, because they didn't have female Olympians back then. It was only male, so. Yeah, it was wild. Yeah. I mean, that'd be something too. Imagine if that was still one on the day. So. History is so crazy. History is weird. Yeah. It, is. it is. There's so many different things that uh, humans used to do. And. Just traditions that we carry on even to this yeah. day that you're like, why do we do that? And then it's like, oh, yeah. it's just weird. Well, it's like wearing a, a ring finger. I, I, my wife's gonna kill me for not wearing the ring, but oh, yeah, no, oh my gosh. Anyways, oh, um, the ladies in our <laughs> comment section, yeah, oh, he's no. taken. Oh no. <laughs> Anyways, um, they wore it on the the ring finger of your left hand. They thought that vein went to the heart, and it was supposed to be right. like a real romantic symbol. And then years later, then eventually find out it doesn't go to the heart. I mean, it, it doesn't do what they thought. But now it's just tradition we do it anyways, just because of that. Right. Which is, it's kind of funny. It's interesting. Um, Hell, some people would almost say that uh, marriage these days is outdated, which. Yeah. I was having a conversation with somebody last night about um, uh, the sexual marketplace mm -hmm. and the way that basically. Um, it has been devalued to the point oh, yeah. of almost non-existent, which is a horrible thing because it, it basically is the disruption and, and desecration of the nuclear family. Yes. Because men have no incentive to stay with a woman who is sexually prom promiscuous because they don't, they don't feel like they have any uh, stake in the game, basically, because mm -hmm. at any point she can go off and do whatever she wants. And then the women are sold this lie that they can go out, have a career, and that's somewhat that's more fulfilling than having a family and raising children, which, in my opinion, uh, goes against their biological nature, mm -hmm. much in the same way that it goes against a, a man's biological nature to be uh, feminine and and in uh, 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 that in that degree. So yeah. we've entered a weird space where. Yeah. It's people are almost like willfully engaging in self-destructing behavior, yeah, without even knowing it. I think it's kind of interesting too. Is we, it, I think we've kind of lost the value of community more or less in, in, in the world today. Because you know, it used to be you know you traveled as like a tribe. You travel even I mean, even if even if you're within your own countrymen, like there's uh, can we talk um, the story where Jesus gets lost in um, Jerusalem when he's twelve for those three days. You know, they, they just kind of assume he's traveling with the whole village. The whole village traveled to Jerusalem together. So it's kind of like this interesting um, kind of view that of, of now everyone's like, you know, we're like so individualized, at least in America. Right. To the point where we've almost not only devalued community, but a lot of people have devalued their families. Right. You know, so it's like people don't even associate with their family or as close as what they used to be. It used to be you didn't go against the family because that was like your core um kind of unit i guess uh, of your society of your least world right and now do people which still people, makes people sense because now, i mean consider this if you let's say you were an only child okay sure, sure. and you were to die off mm -hmm. without any children your genetic line mm -hmm. the one that has existed since the beginning of humanity mm -hmm. died with you sure it's over it's done that that genetic line will never be replicated again, and and that's an actually pretty powerful thing. Mm -hmm. I I tend to agree because, like for instance, my grandma, 
who lived locally here for a while. She she went to visit family in another state, mm-hmm. ended up injuring herself. And then the family there in the other state were like, oh, we'll just put her in a nursing home here. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, to me, it almost seems like, you know what, she shouldn't be in a nursing home surrounded by strangers yeah. and people that she doesn't know. She should be surrounded by her family mm-hmm. that love her, care for her. And, you know, to the end of her life, quite honestly, that should be the place that she exits this life into the next. And we should be the ones that are caring for her, not some strangers mm-hmm. that don't know her from Adam. And it's almost like as a society that you view elders that way now. They, yeah. They're just, oh, you've, you've done your job. You retired, and now we just throw you away. It kind of you, you lost like their value. Like I yeah. was, I, was, I remember asking once somebody, I was like, because always, you know, there's always that uh, stereotype like age people are so unbelievably wise all the time. I was like, well, why is that stereotype from? And someone told me it's like it's because they value their elders. Like right. like they'll listen to the old the old um, whether it be Chinese Japanese doesn't matter. Like the old wise um, elder, and they would in the younger like kids stuff would honor them. And if you disrespected an elder, they got severely punished because that was just something you did not do. And I thought that was quite interesting because then I was like, well, look at our society today. Well, um, they, we like despise our elders, which is, I thought interesting too, because scripturally speaking, this is also a sign of the end times. This is the last days. As they say, you know, people, children well, you know will be, di- that works. children will be disrespectful to their parents and they will, they, they will, um, I'm going to paraphrase. They're like they'll despise the elders. They won't pay attention to them. They will right. devalue. They will dishonor them, and thus, it, you know, this is a sign that the last day, the last, the end times are here. So I think that's kind of just another sign of the the age we're in. Yeah, it's, and and I get that. But one of my big questions always comes back to like, is that something that every generation goes through though? Because as a okay. as a as a consequence of. Um, I don't know, the advancement of, advancement, mm-hmm. colloquially, the advancement of technology and civilization, is that just something that is natural for each subsequent civil uh, generation to be like, mm-hmm. oh, the generation behind us was like old-fashioned and we need to move forward? Or is that something that is specific to the society in which we live? No, I think I think there's a difference. Like, I can think the previous generation was old and outdated and we need to do something new and new new and inventive way uh while at the same time um honor like my grandparents honor my father and still listen to the wisdom that they that they have but right. while at the same point i cannot i can also say yeah um i i i don't think we can move forward that way like my, my dad learned how to type on like a typewriter they still do like that whole thing Obviously, the way the technology they would have learned on isn't going to apply today. There's a new way we have to do something, a new way I can communicate with someone. I don't have to write, handwrite a letter and put it in the post office. I can send an email. and So there are new ways I can do things. Sure. But I'm not going to dishonor my father because he says, can you make sure you get that letter out? I'm like, I ain't going to say the letter out. I'll call someone. Right. Send a text. You know? I think a yeah. big modern lie that generations, and I, and I don't know how far back this goes, but I think it's been relatively recent, um, is that we leap forward a lot further than we actually do. I think that's a lie that's been been, been pandered to younger generations. Like, for instance, 
um, believing that just within a space of 20 to 30 years that the newer generation that's coming up has a brand new set of ideas about mm -hmm. how civilization is supposed to work better than the civilization or the, the, the generations that came before it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a lie. Sure. I don't think that we actually like ad advance that much further. And to your point, it would be, it would behoove us to actually turn back to our elders and say, Hey, what did you do in this situation? Yeah. How did we live during these things? Like what would be the best way to react to these types of situations? And where we got messed up is whoever sold us these narratives and saying like, oh, you, the people that lived before you, they're just old and ignorant. Mm -hmm. It was actually a, a self-destructive situation that was fed into our society. And again, conspiracy theories arise. People sure. will yeah. like say whatever, but. It don't, it, you know, the further more and more years that go along, it really does feel like there's a concerted effort to destroy the fabric of society. And for what reason? I don't know. Yeah. But it seems like it's just, it continues to ramp up in a, in, in a variable of different ways. Yeah, I think the wise way we should move forward about this is not trying to destroy history like what we're doing nowadays in our society, but we should really go to our elders and say, okay, hey, what did you guys do right, and what did you get wrong? Like, this is an event that happened. It was handled this way. Like, you know, we had this. It happened. We handled it like this. So then we can take what they did and say, okay, this is where um, they got it right, and we should seek to apply the same kind of methods into our own issues. And this may be an area they got it wrong. So it's like, okay, so they did this, and it was wrong. Well, let's try to now divert from that and not go down the same road. Course correct. Well, it's course correct, yeah. So we went like this, and they were right, and they kept going on the right road, but then this area, they went off like this. Let's now kind of shift it back and right. kind of come back in line with a proper way of handling the situation. So, like, I think way, like, for example, when we had COVID, if we went back and looked at, okay, how did they handle the, the, the um, Spanish flu back in, like, the early 1900s? Well, everyone had to have, like, a cloth they kind of wore them out. Like, okay, fine. I don't, but I don't, I need, maybe we should look more into this. I don't remember them, like, shutting a whole nation down for it, though. They just kind of, um, you know, try to do the best you can to keep yourself safe and your family safe, but life went on, and basically, if you died, you died. Well, maybe the right attitude is not to say, hey, if you die, you die, you know, just let nature take its course, but say, okay. So, I think they were right about maybe trying to wear a mask. Maybe that was the right thing, who knows, right? But... I don't believe shutting everything down for as long as we did was the right way to go. I think we're still running into the consequences of that. that oh, I don't think you know. we'll finish. Yeah, it is going to be, I think it's, it's going to take a decade to yeah, recover from that. So I think maybe now in hindsight, we can say, okay, maybe we course correct. Let's not shut the nation down. We'll go ahead and wear your mask, do all the stuff you're supposed to do, and not give up our rights to politicians who use COVID as a political tool. Right. I think that's probably a fair way. Yeah, a big issue that we have now is we see uh, politicians in a terms of, like, saviors to a certain degree, giving them more power and mm -hmm. influence than they actually do have. Whereas the power and influence really belongs to the people. Like, yeah. what, what we decide as groups 
uh, really has the most influence and power because it, you give individual people that much power and influence, it's it's easily corruptible. Oh, yeah. Absolute power corrupts absolutely every single time, and it's quite frankly, it's a it's it's a waste of time, resources, and and energy to think that someone's going to be uh, your savior and to yeah. do everything that you think that they're going to do. They're just not. That's yeah, and that was actually a big complaint I had with how people treated Trump. Right. Like, we acted like Trump was supposed to be our saving grace, and he was the Messiah, second coming of him, and yada, yada, yada. And don't get me wrong, I thought Trump made a lot of good policy decisions, but I, I never, I didn't like how people worshipped Trump. And um, I thought that was kind of very dangerous, and I thought um, when Biden won, by the way, I'm still not convinced he won fairly, but whatever. I'll make that public. Me neither. But not, not, that's not the point. The point is, um, one thing I remember when Trump was president, how the left handled it and the way people were saying what people were doing, I always thought that was terrible. Because I'm like, you guys are trying to shoot holes in a boat that we're all riding in because you don't like mm-hmm. Trump. And that's a stupid way of doing things. But then when Biden got in, the other side did the same thing. And, I, and I sat here then, I'm like, y'all are shooting, trying to shoot holes in a boat that we're all riding in. So I'm like, and that's stupid. Like, so you got people on both sides who are, are no longer really thinking um, about them, about the nation. They're thinking about their own political party. So what yeah, we have now, we have now two tribes in America, which is fighting against one another, trying to basically establish dominance. And all that's doing is just making the whole nation is going is going is suffering because of that because we no longer have people who care about the nation as a whole. No one's willing to compromise anymore. Yeah. And quite frankly, we're being ruled by the worst among us. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it's yeah. not a merit-based uh, democracy anymore where people that actually uh, deserve the position or have intellectual uh, opinions or thoughts or theories on how we can best approach the problems in society, quite frankly, it's turned into a circus. Mm-hmm. Like the people who get the most attention and the most that can do the most bombastic stuff and get the media's attention on them and it, invariably get the most votes simply because they have more media coverage. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Like we're being ruled by the most imbecilic among us. And that can be no more illustrated by the fact of who we're being governed by to this very day. I don't know yeah. if you saw this. But he recently, and I'm talking about Joe Biden, fell asleep during an MNSBC. Is it MSNBC? There it is. MSNBC. Yeah. And he's like in the middle of an interview and is. And I'm like, this, really? This is the dude? This is his leader. This is the guy that everybody, like, 81 million. Like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. So you know what's funny? Uh, there's a quote, actually, in of all places, I got this from watching the, the series uh, Viking. Viking's off the History Channel. The one. So, oh, I know you're talking th- about yeah. Yeah. It's funny, because I got this quote off of there of all places, but I thought it was actually an amazing quote. And what is saying, Ragnar's talking to his son, and one of the things he talks about, um, he just became king, and um, Bjorn is looking down at uh, Kattegat. And he said, basically says, like, what do you see? And he says, power. And Ragnar's response to him is, Power attracts the worst and corrupts the best. Yeah. And I thought I thought about that, and and I was like, you know, that's that's really fair because those who desire power the most, which I think the majority of our politicians are in it just because they wanted the power that came with it, not necessarily not saying they're not desiring to do good things for America, but I think when you run to people like 
and this is on both sides of the aisle, but someone like Nancy Pelosi who's been in office for over 50 years, and she just Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell's no one. People who just, who are like 80 years old, and they just ref- they will be in office till they die because they don't yeah. want to give up that power that they got. Yeah, and it's not and, about doing something right. It's about their it's their career now. Yeah, it's well, it's, it's, it's that they they just they want to be that important person. They want the power with it. And I think the and I think we're, the issue we're going to run into is it's not bringing out the best in them. It's bringing out the worst in them. And by bringing out the worst in them, it's, it's bringing out the worst in America. Right. And because we no longer have people of virtue and of great upstanding character, we have a bunch of corrupt people in politics who basically, whether they got there fairly or not, I don't know. But somebody kind of funded them to get into this. So they owe a lot of favors. They're taking a lot of bribes. You know, someone's being in office for um, five years and they, they net $10 million. That's literally not possible unless you're somehow getting funded a lot of money one way or another. Taking a million dollar speaking um, engagement. engagement. Yeah. Like, yeah. I went to Spoke and they gave me a million dollars. I'm like, yeah, that wasn't, you didn't get paid for that engagement. That was yeah. money laundering. I'm sorry, but basically. no 20-minute speech that you have to give is worth a million dollars. Yeah, that, that, that's, no that's basically legal money laundering is what yeah. that is, so. Yeah, but and and again, that goes back to just the the corruption inherent within any human system, like sure. and the reason that these people have kept those positions for so long can only be attributed to corruption because if this the way that it's supposed to work is they get results if they don't get results they get voted out mm-hmm. and they get replaced by people who do get results. And if they get results, then they maintain that that position. Yeah. What's happened now is again the same thing as like a crony capitalistic society. We have a crony democratic society, where the invested interests, money, uh, political influence, these people keep these positions because they do the things that corporations and invested interests demand that they do. And and because of that, then they you know they get the votes, they get the the, the power, they get the influence, the whole and they keep their position. It's a circular uh, firing squad, as we'll say, of power that is a it's it's a self defeating prophecy of its own making. It continues to do the most despicable thing that that, that it, it it's a cancer on our society. The same way it is with our economic structure is the same way it is with our political structure. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's just kind of really sad when I think about it because basically in a nutshell, we're all voting in people who are not really caring anymore about the nation. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I guess, you know, the funny thing is it's not even them being in office as long as they are. Because, like, for example, I know, let's take um, um, John MacArthur has been in ministry for over 50 years. The dude's like 80-some years old, still pastoring a church. Obviously, loves, loves in, uh, entirely what he's doing. But I, I, but at the same time, you know, he, I think he's in it for the right reason. He's not, yes, he's kind of a celebrity pastor now, but that wasn't the intent. That came much later on because he authored a lot of books. So if your desire, for example, is to be this uh, politician because you want um, – you want to really help America, and you love trying to make America a better nation. I'm all about that. That's fine. It's just the idea is when you kind of show a lot of what I would say red flags, then now I just kind of question your motives behind it. Right. Right. 
Well. This is the rest of the wife saying, it looks blurry. I don't know. Is she watching us? Uh, I don't know. I don't right know. Is she? Because we got. Shout out to Sarah yeah, Shout out to my wife. Apparently, the uh, sex fine pro chat. I don't know where that came from. No free virtual girls has been chatted in my life. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where we get I the uh, free virtual girls chat sex fine yeah, dot pro. Chat. Get out of our yeah, chat. Um, Do we look like we need that? <laughs> she said it looks blurry. Like, I don't know, sweetheart. I don't think it's blurry. I don't know enough about this stuff to really know anything, though. Anyways. Is she watching us live right now? I don't know. Honey, if you're watching us live, put something in the chat so we have something other than Sex Fine Pro. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, I'm, things I'm are interesting. To... Hey, it's blurry. Don't talk bad about me. Honey, I love you with my whole heart. I would never talk bad about you. Derek loves you, Sarah Jane. Oh. Is this going to come up as... Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, that's us. So this is how this works. It's blurry. Don't talk bad about me. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you about the blurriness, though. That is... Hey, that's your uh, your new yeah. New I love. Right, I'm bored into this. Hey, we're figuring. I was it like, out. we only have the most important person in the world watching, anyway. So what does it matter? Yeah, yeah. Your your wife, my wife, my yeah. beautiful wife. Someday, maybe mine. Not 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 my wife. It's someday, maybe mine, <laughs> other than yours. I didn't mean like. I'm like, not, yeah. not ours, no. Derek. Yeah, not ours. No. We are not sharing. No, I meant like, otherwise. What is wrong with you? <laughs> what other? Right. I was like, we'll see. Honey, you know. It's Did it sound weird. like that? Sorry. I, didn't uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe like it's that. just me. I don't I don't know. I just, I'll have to play with this, uh, the camera. If it's blurry, I apologize. Um, maybe we'll have to get our photographer here to get an actual camera so it looks better. Yeah, I'll get a HDMI cord. Yes, it absolutely sounded like that. Ha! Sorry, I didn't mean Sorry. that. Sorry. He someday, also my wife, who is separate from Sarah Jean and not the same person at all. Now it just sounded even more <laughs> conspicuous. <laughs> oh, she should have came to this chat earlier. It's more fun with her being in here. Yeah, she should. Uh, she she should. She so, should jump. Uh, she should jump into the podcast next time. She can. We can. All we should. It's it. this thing. So because she's she's uh, now officially done with her uh, bachelor's in psychology, we can get some actual psychological input on. Uh, um, I know I'm a blast to be around sometimes. Um, but anyways, um, because <laughs> she, so she can bring like an actual sometimes. somewhat professional. Um, uh, input about certain psychological aspects of the human mind be quite intriguing i think to hear what she has to say on certain issues especially because we're bringing a different kind of uh viewpoint to things like i'll bring more of a theological background to this and i'm just an idiot Aaron, aaron's just here i'm just here <laughs> um, he's just here um you know he, he brings an interesting viewpoint sometimes he's not a great golfer but, <laughs> uh, we're we're getting better at that too I'm not a great at anything. I'm pretty much mediocre the whole way around. So, uh, yeah. 
Podcast is over, man. You're fun to be around. Uh, I enjoy our conversation. Good, I'm glad we have our first ever person on a live chat, yeah, or a live stream. Yeah, honey, yeah, yeah. So, this is tell your friends. It's been fun. We we probably should actually market this at some point. Yeah, probably. "Ah, It's not what Uncle that got it, it'll catch on eventually. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure I'll, I'll, We'll have to try to figure out the uh, camera thing. I think it's just my wife's phone's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Sarah Jane, it's, it's your fault. Her phone's the issue. Um, it'd be nice if we had, like, somebody else that got tell us, like, no, it's definitely you guys. And I'm like, oh. Um, yeah, I don't think sexfine.pro is going to be Yeah, I don't It'd be nice they'd actually give us some input rather than just telling us where I can talk to virtual girls and they're probably not even real virtual nah, girls. Not really. Yeah, well, I don't want to talk to a virtual girl anyways when I have that's, when I have that's my, full when, I, when I have my beautiful wife I can go to speak with. Are you saying that because she's in the chat room? I would not. <laughs> I thought like this when she's not around. She just doesn't know us. And I'm letting her know this is how I speak about her when this she's is totally how not. Her. This is a hundred percent. I talk very well. I mean, completely her. serious. Yeah, I, I, don't talk, serious. I don't talk bad when I want. I was like, why would I ever do something like that? Because one way or another, she would eventually find out, and I have to somehow answer to her why. Why did you say this? I'm like, I don't know. I just. It's yeah, funny. I, I mean, I was yeah. being completely serious. Though. I was like, well, it was a joke, honey, but apparently you didn't take it that way, so. Well, <laughs> with all that being said. Leave your comments in the comment section. Like and subscribe to this podcast if you'd like to hear more. Honey, I fidget all the time. We're not. This is nothing new. Like, like I, you remember <laughs> I pick my fingers constantly. You nag me for it. I just did anything now in the live show. We get her come on here about. Oh my gosh, you're fidgeting. No, I'm picking my fingers like I always do. Yeah. Gosh, honey. Like, I just sorry. <laughs> anyway. In any case. <laughs> uh, like and subscribe to this podcast if you'd like to hear for more. Leave some uh, suggest- suggestions on what we can talk about. I really wanted to get a little bit into um, uh, Kanye West a little bit, but maybe we can talk about that next time because that's a that that's yeah, a whole what, podcast on it. So I, get from my wife? I don't know. You're gonna have to do it this she's, later. Uh, she's, <laughs> she, maybe that was the slander she saw. I didn't slander it anyway. Anyway, nothing but good things. This has been Aaron and Derek. Yeah, nice to see you again. Yeah, we've had a little uh, hiatus here because our schedules wouldn't line up, and Aaron was. Um, not wanting to be here. So. I was being lazy. He's being lazy. So that's okay. I work a job, so you guys need to I like and subscribe. So that <laughs> so, so that, that we can just do this and I won't have to uh, Yeah, and I need I've been I've been lazy on my other channel too. I just I, I haven't put out a video. I was gonna do like three Oh months, really? Well, yeah, I've been very lazy. That's been on that's been on me. I need to get on that. So I apologize. I don't know who this Sarah Jean girl is in the in know. the comments section, she, but accusing me of slandering her. Maybe you should ask for her number. <laughs> I, I should do that. Yeah. All right, everybody. All right, nice seeing y'all again. We'll talk to you yeah. soon. Bye. Ah, <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, great. Hold on, hold on. Maybe we gotta exit out. Nope. Okay. Nope, nope, nope. Stop. <laughs>